Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bowles here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we're going to touch on some news, but the bulk of the show is going to be revolved around Wisconsin basketball. Um, really a, a win that was kind of in four parts. The Badgers um, struggled early, took it to a big lead in the middle, uh, kind of kept that lead going in the, in the third quarter of it, and then in the last five, ten minutes, the game really got interesting. Um, Penn State made a furious comeback, and the Badgers were able to hang on in uh, dramatic fashion and advance. So we'll, we'll talk about all of that, talk about who played really well, because I think there were some strong performances. There were a lot of different guys for the Badgers, and then we'll get into what they need to do to knock off Iowa tonight. They'll take on Iowa around the same time, 8 o'clock, depending on the game before them, as when I would guess and, and estimate that way. Um, so I get the Hawkeyes for the third time this season, try to knock them off after a game that I'm sure a lot of those guys feel they would have been and should have won um, this past weekend against the Hawkeyes, if not for the rough show that was Borowski and company. So we'll get into all that. Matt, how are you this morning? Doing great. It's, it's nice. we got a really early show here this morning to kick it out to you guys so you can listen to it before the basketball game later today. Um, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's great to to really get uh, some some shows, get up and get our. It's kind of the I like these morning episodes because it's like a morning cup of coffee and you get the day started, and it's a lot more fun to have the energy and get up early in the morning to talk about a Badger victory. And I know, <laughs> I, but last night when that game was going on, I'm like, oh yes, we'll get to talk about a win. We'll have some energy in your voice. And then those last five minutes, I was kind of like, all right. Please do not blow this because I don't know if Matt and I have the energy to wake up at uh, yeah, March in the morning our death. <laughs> and talk about this uh, this uh, late loss. So thankfully they were able to hang on and we'll talk about a victory. But before we do that, we do have some news to touch on. Um, briefly, Wisconsin football actually had their pro day. Uh, some guys that were really looking to make a jump and uh, put together some numbers. Anything really stand out to you in terms of who had a, maybe a good day or, or who struggled at the pro day? I think a couple guys probably made some money or, or gave themselves a better shot at making a team this year. Um, I, I thought Rashad Wildgoose learning a 4-4-1 is definitely uh, the type of number that he was going to need, given the fact that really he only has two and a half years of tape to go off of. And he's a talented kid who I think can, can tackle really well and do some nice things. I think he was the Badgers' top cornerback, even though he played primarily in the nickel. But I think – you look at that number, you see some of the athletic numbers coming off um, for him with a 36-inch vert as well, which is the highest out of anybody at the pro day. So I think he's a guy who probably pushed himself into consideration um, to getting drafted uh, in a reasonable spot. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be a first three-round pick by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that was really big for him. A couple other guys, um, I thought Isaiah Loudermilk, did pretty good. I think he, he showed that he can move pretty well. He did a, a a 20 shuttle, which he pulled off a pretty good number. And uh, I think anytime uh, anybody 
from an outside organization comes in and sees that kid, they're going to see just how big and physical he is. And, and that's big for other teams trying to figure out how he could fit as, as both an interior defensive lineman in a, in a 4-3 or a, uh, outside in a 3-4. But then um, Derek Groshek ran four, sub 4-6, four, which I think is big for him, did some nice things. Uh, I still don't necessarily see him getting drafted, but he's a kid that could potentially land on somebody's radar. I thought Eric Burrell running a 4-6-4, four, four, that probably hurt him a bit. And he'll probably slide a little bit because of that, but uh, it, it's tough because that's not a four six. You ran a four six at the combine; it's four six at your pro day. So he, that is probably not what he was hoping to hear. But I thought also Cole Van Lannen did some good things. Um, his his measurables aren't ever going to be like through the roof for uh, a tackle, but I, I could easily see him playing guard at the next level, and he showed his ability to move really well. Mason Stocky, I thought, did pretty good. And and really, I just think you look at it, some of these guys made themselves some money. Primarily, I would say Wild Goose, Van Lannan, Loudermilk, and, and probably Stocky. Those guys uh, did some good things to give themselves a chance for the next level. Yeah, Wild Goose, I think, is sometimes not sneaky athletic, but uh, I don't think some people realize, you know, when you look at those numbers, how athletic he can be. Um, and I think he definitely would would have moved up some boards with those numbers. Isaiah Lauterbrock, I know he mentioned that uh, he felt a little lighter and, and stronger and faster, so I think that's great for him. Anytime you've got some speed to go with just sheer brute size like that, um, I think it would be uh, – I think NFL teams, like you said, will look at him and go, man, especially when you see him up close and, and in person, you're like, man, that guy is a massive human being. If he's got speed to, to add to it, I think he could really be something special at the next level. And then the rest of those guys, it was good. Yeah, the, the Eric Burrell, when I'm looking at the numbers here, that's probably the the one that does kind of stand out. If you're and you're playing in the NFL secondary as a 4-6-4, four, four, um, you know, that's not the end-all, be-all for, for people, but it's certainly not a, a helpful number. Uh, I know he's uh, looking to, to make a splash, and, and he's got a, a lot of other intangibles that you like, but at the same time, you know, that speed is definitely going to be there or need to be there um, at that next level. So hopefully these guys, you know, with these numbers, I know the combine uh, really hurts some guys, and it's going to definitely make an impact on the NFL draft or where some of these guys go. But I, I think there's definitely a good number in this group that is, is going to make a – name for themselves at the next level, whether it be in the draft, getting drafted, or, you know, just being signed to a practice squad. I think there's some talent in this group that can uh, make an impact at the next level for sure. Yeah, and, and we'll talk more about them as the draft gets closer uh, in a month from now or so. So I think we've got plenty of time for that. But want to jump into the basketball game because that was a freaking wild ride. It really was. Like I said in the beginning, um, it, it seemed like – four separate parts, and to start, Wisconsin kind of had the the same similar shooting woes that we've kind of talked about. You know, it seemed like they came out and were, were getting used to the new rims, new hoops, uh, et cetera. After that, they, they really started to knock down shots, and, and then, of course, we'll, we'll get into the ending here at some point, but what did you make of the game overall and, and how the Badgers kind of looked? It was, it was definitely positive to see that middle stretch. Wisconsin mm-hmm. did some really nice things. They closed the first half on a, 12, a 12-2 run uh, to take that 10-point lead. They That hot shooting kind of carried over to the second half for the first few minutes. But, but it, it's still one of those things where they've got to be able to put together a full 40 minutes. I know Brad Davidson mentioned in the, in the post game that they've got to put together a full 40 minutes, and they've been saying it. But he also mentioned that he feels like – 
that was the more the most juice, the most uh, fun that they've been having in a long time. So I think that right there is something to really hang your hat on for this team. And I know you mentioned it, you tweeted about it that hey, they're they look like they're having fun. <laughs> um, and and really, you think about it, that is such a huge thing in the tournament. It's about getting hot. It's about making plays. Wisconsin. Didn't make all the plays in this game by any stretch of the imagination. They didn't. They didn't play their best game of all time or anything like that. But at the same time, they were able to do some nice things and pick up a, a big win. And you never know if you're going to be able to get these wins in March, especially in a tournament setting. Yeah, and I think the two things you kind of mentioned the the energy and you know them having fun, and then the the second half were, were really important to to kind of notice because. You know, so many times throughout this season we've talked about this team coming out in the second half flat and struggling, letting a team back in, and, and that kind of happened at the last five minutes or so with Penn State working their way back in. And then the energy levels, you know, we've it, it seems like we talked about it until we were blue in the face sometimes with games where this team had almost no life, the bench wasn't there, the guys were, were kind of stone-faced, not really looking um, around or, or having much fun, making much noise. That was completely changed last night, and it was fun to watch. It was fun to see these guys get fired up. Uh, I know the, the stress has been, you know, coming into this postseason, they're 0-0. Well, you know, now you're 1-0. You've got your energy under you. you. You've got a chance to take down an Iowa team. So I would expect this to kind of carry over for sure, and we'll get into that at some point. But it was just nice to see this team have a little bit of fire in them. We expected that a little bit just with, you know, the end of the regular season, how it went in terms of win-loss, how it went with – Greg Gard and, and his comments that that definitely fired this team out, but they they came out and, and they played really well. They they had the energy level and it just uh, it translated to making them you know having them make some buckets. They like you said they didn't make every play, but uh, the energy being high and, and them being in the game and engaged was I think a huge part of it, and I think that translated to them having some success on the court and uh, hopefully they can keep that going. Yeah, and I think you look at it, the the pivotal thing in this game and the, the major reason that they were able to narrowly win by one point was just the three-point shooting. And mm-hmm. you look at the two teams, Penn State, who isn't really known for their three-point shooting. Um, I mean, the Badgers haven't been all year either for, for long stretches. But the Badgers shot over 50% for the game, uh, 60% in the first half, 46% in the second half, 12 of 23 Notice we've talked about that they have like a sweet spot for three-point shots, and and they didn't overextend themselves from three. They they shot really well. Penn State, on the other hand, 35% from three, didn't shoot it nearly as effectively, especially in the second half. And you look at it, the final score, Badgers won by one point. Those extra three-pointers were invaluable for the Badgers. And, and really, I think that was the story of the game because you saw some guys break out and make some shots. Nate Reavers, two from two from deep. That was huge after he really had a tough time and was pulled after about a minute and a half for Micah Potter. Aleem Ford, five of six from three. So to see those two really break out of shooting slumps was massive for this team. And, and really, if those two can make uh, or have an imprint on each of the games moving forward, it's going to have a, a major impact on the team. Yeah, and I think uh, to kind of go off of that, I, I really liked the shot selection on some of those threes. I mean, we've talked about it a lot this season that, you know, sometimes it was late in the shot clock throwing up. You know, a lot of, you know, the Reavers looks and the Lean Fords looks, a lot of them were, you know, after an extra pass or, you know, just a clean open look that way and they were knocking them down. And that's what this team has to do 
You know, we've talked about it. You, you've got to get production from Dimitri Trice and Brad Davison, and both of those guys had good games. But if you're getting production from the rest of them, from Ford, you know, I know Michael Potter was, was battling cramps and an injury a little bit with that right leg down the stretch. If you're getting production from him and Nate Reavers, you know, Wall put in eight points. There, that can be such a big part of this team and this offense. This, this team is better when the scoring is distributed evenly. Brad Davison, you know, we've talked about it multiple times, probably got to get 10 to 15 to really feel comfortable winning a lot of games. Demetri Trice, you know, he, he only had seven, but he was distributing the ball really well, and the other guys were knocking down shots. So that's what this team, we've seen it so many times, that's what they want to do. You know, last night's game plan that they executed is is what the Badgers have trying to, trying to been do all season. They, they've tried to work the ball around and get these shooters open and knock down shots. It just hasn't happened. And last night, finally, the relief came, and some of those three balls fell, and it it, it was a nice sight, and you could you see the guys were excited. Um, the excitement really you know hit a fever pitch when Nate Reavers knocked down those threes. You saw the guys really getting after him, um, and I think that's important. So the the shooting, if that can continue, this team can can really stick with anyone, and I think that'll be important as the weekend goes on. Yeah, and and Nate Reavers. Those two threes were huge. He also had a couple of blocks. He had a couple of assists. He had a steal. He was involved in a lot of different ways. Had three rebounds, which I, I know isn't a lot for a 6'10 kid, but at the same time, we've seen games where he's gone over. So I, I think the his struggles inside are going to be there. He, he is not a post big that's going to be able to make a move on a guy. He really shades to his right, only goes right, doesn't have a left to, to turn to, or and doesn't go baseline. But you look at it, and what he was able to do and get involved in multiple facets helped this team, especially with, with Potter only being able to play 18 minutes because of those cramps. But um, I, I think another big reason that Wisconsin was able to do some nice things is they got a lot of Penn State's top players in foul trouble early. Um, you look at it, they had three guys finished with three fouls. They had at one point four players with two fouls in the first half around the time they went on that run. And the number one name on that list that was that was on the bench was John Harar. And that kid was plus 21 for them on the night, and he only played 24 minutes. You look at the, the splits across those 24 minutes, that's about the time that Penn State was playing really good. And so um, uh, their backup center or forward, Trent Buttrick, minus 18. So I think that's something that can't be overlooked here. I think if John Harar is on the court for another five, six minutes, the Badgers definitely lose because that kid didn't do anything particularly um, outstanding in terms of points. He only had six, but he grabbed ten boards, three offensive rebounds, and that and they were able to turn those into second-chance points and outscore the Badgers. So I think that was another crucial thing here. And the Badgers, when they got fouls on these guys, they, they converted from the free-throw line, and that was also a big help because in the first half, they really struggled to, to shoot for kind of that first quadrant that you talked about of the game, but then it was the free throws that kept them going, kept them in it until they just kind of burst into that huge run to, to kind of explode and take a huge 18-point lead with eight minutes left. Yeah, I, I think the foul trouble is, is always important uh, to get the, the opponent in there and, and have them having to deal with that I think was big. And then on the on the flip side, Wisconsin making their free throws. I've, I watched a lot of college basketball yesterday. There was teams that were missing free throws down the stretch, and it came back to bite them in a lot of different situations. You know, this is the time of the year where you've got to make your, your free points when they're there. You've got to take them. Wisconsin did a good job of that. Um, and they, they, they really kept themselves in the game when, the, when that scoring strout kind of happened um, was because of, you know, putting together some free throws 
I know the, the last five minutes were, were, were pretty ugly, but Wisconsin took advantage of getting to the line and uh, making sure that those shots fell. And, you know, if, if they can do that, if they're knocking down free throws, they're playing, you know, defensively, they gave up 74 points, which is a lot for Wisconsin. And then that last run really seemed to, to really bolster some, some of that. But I think that Wisconsin did a good job of, of getting some, 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 some really good stops. I think they'll probably have a little bit more trouble. You know, you talked about Penn State's big. Now you've got to face Luca Garza, so that's going to be a bigger, bigger problem that way. But overall, I think Wisconsin did the fundamental things that they like to do, that they need to do to win games. And at the end result, while it wasn't as pretty as you wanted it to be, you, you thought they were going to win by 10, 15 points at one point. Um, uh, it was an important victory. They, they ended up getting there. And despite uh, a shaky last five minutes, I was like, come on, guys, just just land this airplane. Let's get down. And uh, thankfully, they were able to do it. Yeah, I saw your tweet in their inability to land that airplane. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the way the Penn State finished, Wisconsin went away from a lot of things that they were doing well. Wisconsin, when they were when they pulled ahead on the lead, they tightened up on defense and were able to take away the paint. That's where Penn State killed them most of the game. And then you look at it, um, Wisconsin also – Instead of the ball movement, they resorted to hero ball at the end, and they dribbled mm-hmm. the, the air out of the ball and then jacked up a shot last second. And you can't you can't go into prevent defense and and trying to um, take the, take kneels on offense with five minutes left in a in a football game. You definitely can't do it in a basketball game against a team who can get hot in a hurry. And that's what, essentially what Wisconsin tried to do, and, it, and that never works. Wisconsin has run into that issue multiple times this year. And um, the end result, Wisconsin barely hung on, and Penn State finished on a 17-2 run over the past five minutes, and Wisconsin finished on a, on a two-and-a-half-minute a two scoring drought. Yeah, there was some, uh, you know, that ending, you know, Indiana in, in their game the last ten minutes was brutal, but for Wisconsin – you could kind of sense it, too, in those last five minutes. There was a couple of possessions, like you mentioned, the hero ball, and the guys, the, the energy just kind of seemed to really leak out fast. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting there going, okay, we just need a couple buckets here, put this thing away. And it just kept going and going and going and going. And, and I think part of that, you know, in, in a lot of situations early in the year, Wisconsin probably wouldn't have won that game. You know, they would have found a way to lose it at the end. But thankfully, this team is is pretty. They talked about it, experienced late, and you know, old guys, uh, and made a lot of cracks at it on the broadcast. But I think that's important when you get into these late games in March, where it's tight, it's close, it's you know, nerve wracking. Thankfully, Wisconsin has a team that has played a lot of basketball, and that can only get you so far. I mean, that's not going to win you games just because um, you you've got a lot of experience, but it does help. You know, this team generally. Uh, didn't panic too much. There was a little sense of, of them getting a little worried and tight and, like you said, forcing up shots that didn't need to be there. You know, throughout the game, I talked about it a little bit earlier, the, the shots were clean those last five minutes. It seemed like they were just trying to put that dagger in them. And, and like you said, everyone who wanted, wanted to be the hero versus just passing it around and working their way through the offense. So that part's got to pick up, especially when you're, you're playing against a team like Iowa. But uh, I think Thankfully, this team has that uh, that calmness for the most part that, that, that hopefully they can rely on. Um, I know they're pretty much experienced outside of Jonathan Davis, which is another guy we could touch on as well. He had a great game. I know uh, um, Badger fans, we've seen a lot from him throughout this year, but this really seemed like a game where, where he did a lot of strong things. 
not only scoring the basketball, but uh, also at the same time just making key plays, made a couple blocks, made some defensive stops and, and steals that way. So he really – I know Wisconsin fans know him, but I think if you were watching it as a neutral fan or someone not watched a lot of Wisconsin basketball, he really stood out, uh, I would think, in a lot of people's eyes as well. Yeah, I thought he had a phenomenal game. Shot 50% from the field, hit a big three from the corner, um, had a hoop hoop and harm late to kind of keep them in this game. Uh, he, he, I thought 10 points, you get 10 points from that young kid dropping 30 minutes, third most on the team. I think you're in good shape because I think he is a kid who brings a different element to this team. You saw him elevate on, on a dunk that he split two defenders and took it down the, the lane. Um, he kind of flashed everything. He showed his mid-range jumper. He, he's, he's a wild card for this Badger team, and he plays with a lot of energy, and that's something that they'll need. He's done a fairly good job against Iowa in the past, so I think this is going to be another big game for him as well. Um, two other guys that I think we haven't touched on a lot. I know we talked about Ford. We talked about Reavers. We've now talked about Davis. Um, or I guess one other guy that we haven't talked about is Demetrius Trice. I thought – uh, you look at his final stats, didn't quite have the, the point output that he normally does, but nine assists was really good. That's, uh, that's almost his uh, max for his career. Uh, but, but, I, but I also look at it, and I think he, he struggled in the second half a little bit in some ways where he was missing some shots, missed two key free throws, um, mm-hmm. one of which was on the front end, which you just can't have. In, in when you're a, a team leader. And then he also had a couple of major turnovers that really hurt them and allowed Penn State to get out on the break and, and score late in that game. So I think you can expect him to have a nice bounce back game against Iowa, hopefully, because I, I, don't, I just don't see him back, having back-to-back games where he, he kind of struggles in some ways. So I think the Badgers need to, to figure out some stuff at the end game situations. Six of their eight turnovers came in the second half alone. And so Wisconsin, they played too tight down the stretch, and, and part of that's going to have to come from their point guard and making sure to to keep the ball moving around and so that it doesn't get stagnant and wait for that late shot clock attempt. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think when you look at the numbers, Demetrius tries that if he's putting together, you know, Nine points, seven assists, or, or sorry, backwards. Uh, seven points, nine assists. You're um, you, you're happy with that? Like I said earlier, you 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 like when he's distributing the basketball. That means the ball is moving. It means some other guys are knocking down shots, and you're not having to you know rely on Dimitri Trice like he had in that Illinois game where he was just coming down and chucking it up. So I think if you look at Wisconsin as a whole, if you're getting that type of production from from Trice, you're okay with that. You're you're happy because other guys are contributing. But at the same time, you've got to have uh, you know that you talked about it the, the just the experience as a point guard you know you've and played so much basketball you can't have the missed free throws the turnovers um, and things like that because it's what it will get you beat and you could tell uh, Demetri Trice knew that you you could see it on his face that uh, when he missed that free throw he was not happy um, and that he you know those turnovers you could tell that he was being a little bit hard on himself and maybe that's part of this team has lost five of six. And this will hopefully kind of get them to not play as tight since they got a late victory that way because you know, these five of six have all been pretty tight games. They've been in a lot of those games and uh, just were on the losing end, so maybe you're a little shell-shocked from that a little bit. But, yeah, you definitely need some uh, you know, cleaned-up at the end play of Demetri Trice and, and the rest of these guys. Hopefully they'll play a little bit looser down the stretch and, and just kind of play the way they did those middle 20 minutes because Wisconsin's playing like that in those middle 20 
of the four stanzas, I think Wisconsin can uh, be a really dangerous team, and, and you saw what they can do um, when they're getting it all put together, and hopefully they can make that happen full of four, for a full 40. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to play a elite level for 20 minutes, you just need to play average for the other right, 20. Yep. And they played bad for the other, like, 15 <laughs> of the 20 minutes in uh, the outside of those middle 20 minutes. So it, it's about kind of being a little bit more consistent, and that's something that this team can do. It's just a matter of them putting together, and they're going to have to do it against a really tough Iowa team that I know we're going to talk about here. Yeah, let's get into that. We'll, we'll get into the Iowa preview, but first we'll we'll get our ad reads out of the way, and then we'll talk about that a little bit. All right, so the Badgers survive in advance against Penn State. They're now into the quarterfinals against Iowa. Uh, Tip-off will be on the Big Ten Network probably around the same time as Thursday night's game, that 8 o'clock, depending on it's usually 25 minutes after the game before that. So it should be around that same time. should be a full day of basketball in the Big Ten. I believe you've got uh, four games starting again at 1030 uh, Central Time. So it should be a fun full day starting with Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State and Purdue, then a little gap, Rutgers, Illinois, and Wisconsin and Iowa. So for the Badgers, taking on Iowa for the third time. Um, of course, the end of the regular season was a controversial one with the Hawkeyes. Really coming into this game, what does Wisconsin need to do? Because we saw some good things against Penn State, but now how does that translate and what do they need to do to carry that momentum into uh, taking down the Hawkeyes, a team that they've, they struggled with in parts and, and some of the shooting woes and defensively we've talked about it time and time again. Uh, but if Wisconsin can put together a strong 40 minutes like they did for part of the game last night, uh, what do they have to do and what chances do they have against the Hawkeyes? I think they have every chance in the world to, to take down Iowa. I think the biggest thing is that they need to shoot well. Uh, and I know that that's oversimplified, but really when this team shoots at even average, they've got a shot in the game. It's when they go on these super extended scoring droughts that absolutely kill them. So I think just – being able to shoot the ball well and and not get too overzealous from three is going to be the key on offense. On defense, uh, you're you're not going to be able to take away Luca Garza. The kid's too good. Uh, it's it's about kind of mitigating what he can do. Um, beyond that, though, I think the the major thing is to not allow Iowa's three point shooters to get hot because they have multiple guys that can hit from deep. We'll see about Joe Wieskamp. He just he practiced yesterday, so I think. Um, according to Blackheart Gold's Pants, our SB Nation um, sister site, they, they went ahead and, and he practiced. He, he's probably going to go. Now it's a matter of making sure him and Bohannon can't kill you from three because otherwise Iowa can go inside out with those two shooters and Garza inside. So I think that's the big thing is is to do a good job on those two guys because Garza's going to get his no matter what. Wieskamp was off to a hot start last time, 5 of 5, 12 points, and his absence was a big reason they were in that game for at the end against Iowa the last game, time they two played. Yeah, I think on the offensive end, of course, making shots is, is probably the big thing. You know, Wisconsin last night you know, made a lot of good you know, three-pointers. It's going to need to be there again against Iowa. That's, that's just how basketball is, especially with the Wisconsin basketball of late. It, like you said, it's oversimplifying it, but I think it's really, to the nuts and bolts of it, it's, they, this team needs to make shots. They need to take quality shots, and they need to hope that they fall. And then from what we saw last night, they, they look to be in a better shooting rhythm, and hopefully that carries over 
I think the big thing you're looking for is, like, yeah, on defense. You know, Luca Garza is probably going to have 25, 30 points. You can pretty much tie him up for that uh, most nights against any team. So trying to, you know, trying to key on him to stop him probably isn't going to be as effective as taking away some of those shooters. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see the, the defensive matchup uh, for Dimitri Trice, Brad Davison, some of those guys getting out on those wings to prevent Iowa from really getting hot and, and knocking down a ton of shots. You know, when – when Iowa's knocking them down and they get in the rhythm and you're not getting out of you getting a hand in their face and stopping them, they can they can pull away fast. So I think for Wisconsin, if there's going to be you know a couple stretches where they're they're not scoring, they've got to make sure to prevent Iowa from getting into those you know hot streaks of knocking down shot for shot because this team isn't built to to make big comebacks. So you want to be hanging with Iowa throughout the 40 minutes. There's going to be runs. That's just how basketball works. But at the same time, if you can prevent Iowa from, from really pulling away and, and knocking down a ton of threes, um, I think Wisconsin can hang around in this game. And I, I, based on what I saw last night, I do like the chances that they can put it together for 40 minutes. But uh, at the same time, you can't get overexcited because uh, this team can, can sometimes, when you do get uh, over-involved and, and over-committed, um, it can come back to bite you because they can get into these shooting woes. So, it's going to be important to, to get a hand in their face, knock down some shots, and, and hopefully hang around just long enough to, to make this a game and uh, come away with a, an upset victory. Yeah, and I, I forgot to mention C.J. Frederick. He's another guy, another guard for them that can get hot from outside. He's shooting 50% from three this year. Um, he, he doesn't have nearly the attempts of, of those two other guys, Wieskamp and Bohannon, who are both shooting 40% or higher. Wieskamp almost 50%. But um, you look at it, another guy to, to watch is, is Keegan Murray. He killed the Badgers on the offensive glass, had a couple big rebounds and plays late in that game that – that hurt Wisconsin. So he's that other forward that Wisconsin has to keep an eye on, keep off of the glass because he can do some damage when, when he gets the ball in his hands and he's down low. He's not going to be a guy who's going to hurt you from deep very often. It's more about trying to keep him away from the basket where he can use his length and make some plays to hurt, to uh, grab those rebounds against a Wisconsin team that hasn't been great on the boards all year long. Yeah, being good on the boards is going to be another part that uh, will be important because this, you know, like you mentioned, you know, Iowa can can get their boards with with uh, Garza and then they can kick it out to some of those shooters, um, Frederick Bohan and you know, all those guys can knock it down. So that's going to be uh, important important thing to for them to key on. You know, Penn State last night, they're they're big. Um, you know, was was really strong, had a good game. Luca Garza is going to be a guy that, of course, is going to have that as well in terms of points. But if you can prevent him from grabbing too many rebounds, and especially on the offensive end and kicking it out to um, those shooters to knock down shots, it should be um, you know advantageous to Wisconsin. I mean, you look at the last game; these two teams played you know just days ago, and it was a lot of you know the offensive swings were there. There was, and I mean, of course, the storyline was the fouls, but at the same time, Wisconsin looked a lot better. You know, you look at the the last you know six games; they were they've lost five or six coming into last night. In that Iowa game, they looked better than they had in that stretch. And then last night, for for 20 minutes, they looked better than they have in that stretch. So that's two games now where you're putting together a good chunk of minutes um, and, and looking better. It's just going to come down to making sure you're doing the rebounding, you're you're getting defensive stops, and you're knocking down shots for a full 40 minutes because Iowa's a team that is above them. They're, you know, talents-wise, they're up there. 
Wisconsin has struggled to beat the teams that are superior to them, and they beat the teams that are below them. So if they can switch that trend, it's going to come from this team putting together a really strong 40 minutes at those key areas that we've harped on really all season. I mean, that's been the key to the Wisconsin basketball is making shots, getting rebounds, and in playing strong defensively. If they don't do that, um, we've, we've seen the end results a lot of times, and it's going to be important against the Hawkeyes. Yeah, um, looking at it, I don't know if you see it. I know you read up our bracketology stuff. But Lenardi, he's not the end-all, be-all for, for seeding, but he kind of moved the Badgers from like an eight seed to a six seed, which I thought was a, a little overdramatic considering they just beat Penn State. Um, but this game against Iowa, that's the type of thing that can really shift and cement your seeding position in the NCAA tournament. So this, there's a lot riding on this game. I know Iowa has a lot riding on this game in terms of their seeding as well. But Wisconsin, I think, is, is a team that could really use uh, a quad one win over a team like Iowa, some a place where they really just haven't beaten the top teams in the Big Ten, like you mentioned. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun and something to definitely watch. Uh, any other games of the four that you're or, that you're really excited to watch? Yeah, I think that uh, that Rutgers-Illinois game should be one that is a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Rutgers, I think, can be a team that when they're playing the way that they want to in, in terms of getting out and, and knocking down shots, they can be a fun team to watch. Uh, they've got a couple guys that are really exciting, and I know Illinois is going to be hungry to, to come out and, and hopefully work their way to, you know, I'm sure they want to get Michigan again to prove kind of what they've been uh, a little salty about just given the, the end of the Big Ten regular season. So I'm really excited for that one. I think that'll be a great kind of appetizer to the Badger game that way. Um, the other ones are, you know, Ohio State-Purdue I think could be a good game. Um, I think that <laughs> that game's either going to be really good and entertaining or it could get really ugly. I could see, um, you know, some struggles from them that way. Um, and then Michigan-Maryland, uh, I, I could see that one kind of Maryland hanging around, but I think Michigan's a team that can come out and if they're shooting well um, can, can really bury a team. So it should be a really a good full day of Big Ten basketball when you add in some uh, other conference tournaments that have got some semifinal games going on. It should be a really fun Friday of basketball. But the Big Ten, I, I'm really looking forward to all of them. But I think I'm, I, if I had to circle two that I was really wanting to see, it's going to be that Rutgers-Illinois followed by Wisconsin-Iowa. I think both should be great games. Yeah, I like that pick of Rutgers-Illinois. I think Ohio State-Purdue is another really fun game just because I think both those teams could take down Michigan mm-hmm. and also could get to the championship game in, in the, the tournament. So I think that's going to be a fun one. Like you mentioned, it, it could be really back and forth or it could be kind of a slog fest. Um, but really, both those teams have a lot to play for. I mentioned that the Badgers have a lot to play for in terms of seeding. Both those two are, are, are teams that could really use a big win to, to continue to propel them forward in the tournament. I guess Purdue continued to propel them, Ohio State to kind of pump them back up after they've lost a few games in a row. So I think it should be fun to, to watch. And, uh, it was also nice, uh, yesterday to, to see the Minnesota lose once again. It's, it was nice to see the tears of Indiana as well uh, and Michigan State. Yeah, that was uh, an entertaining game for the. You know, I, mean, I know Minnesota made it a game late. Uh, that was that was impressive, but to see them kind of fall at the end and, and put the dagger in what has been a pretty ugly season for the Gophers was was certainly appealing to me. And then the Indiana, you know, <laughs> the first time. 
for Indiana to, to have fans in their stadium to hear them, and then you just hear a rain of boos at the end of that game was uh, was was definitely chuckling. I know Archie Miller's time in Indiana is probably uh, fading fast, uh, as well as uh, Patino in Minnesota. So there was certainly some entertaining aspects of that first day. I mean, a lot of those games were good and, and close. I know Michigan State um, kind of came out and got knocked in the mouth, and of course there was Nice, bright and early, there was some Boborowski tweets in that Michigan State-Maryland game. So really just a full day of Big Ten basketball, and, and I can't wait to do it again. It should be a fun slate again uh, this Friday afternoon. Yeah, so do you think do you think Archie Miller is probably going to get canned, though? I, I would think because he was under 500 this year, hasn't made an NCAA tournament. They probably would have made it last year. Um, but really, I, it's, it's been... It hasn't been anything great for Indiana, considering that the fact that they brought in some really talented players on the recruiting trail. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I know Indiana is uh, is a storied program, and of course the history of them there, and just the state of Indiana um, in terms of basketball. You would have to think that they're wanting to move on to someone else and someone bigger, but at the same time, I always look at Indiana and go, okay, they they fire a coach and then. You know, they, they have a, a list of big names that they want to land, and then they end up talking themselves into a guy that uh, they probably settled on. So we're probably looking at that same, same situation. So I could definitely see Miller in canned. I just don't know who they're going to go after and get. You know, I know I've seen um, circulations of Brad Stevens leaving the Boston Celtics to come back to the Indiana Hoosiers. That's maybe a pipe dream. I don't I don't know. I guess it's possible. I know he talked about how he loves March Madness. That's why he got into coaching, stuff like that. But at the same time, it seems like Indiana shoots for the stars and then lands on the clouds, and that's how you end up with Archie Miller in the first place. So I can definitely <laughs> see them pulling the plug on that. And I know Brick or uh, uh, Patino is probably getting canned from Minnesota as well, and, and they'll be going after someone. But both programs are are what you would expect and hope to be stronger. Indiana, especially. I mean, they you know in the past they see themselves. I think as a blue blood. It just has not been there um, in quite some time, and, and I'm sure they want to revive that back. Yeah, for for sure, and and we'll see what actually happens. I'm pretty sure that Patino, they've even I've even heard whispers yeah. that he was already gone and that he was a dead man walking into that game. But um, I, I think you look at it, Indiana to to have booze at your tournament game in your home state uh, against a team <laughs> that you weren't expected to beat. Like you're right. the you're the lower seed against Rutgers. Rutgers is a tournament team. You're not. And I know that they were hoping to get into the tournament some way. But, yeah, I, I, I think Archie Miller is probably done for. And it will be fascinating to see if they can bring in somebody to, to kind of right this ship because it's Indiana seems like Nebraska football in this mm-hmm. moment yep. where it's, it's, it's almost a parallel at this time. So where they got rid of the coach who was, who was keeping you pretty relevant getting you some wins, not necessarily taking you to Final Fours, not necessarily getting you to um, Big Ten championships, but keeping you relevant for multiple years when when they got rid of Tom Crean. Um, And uh, Nebraska did the same thing with Bo Pelini. So I think right there is very real um, similarity between those two programs right now. Yeah, I think that's a a great comparison for sure in in the Big Ten and in the Big Ten tourney here. So, all right, guys, I think that pretty much wraps up our portion. Um, before we wrap things up, I guess we should mention uh, Wisconsin Volleyball was expected to be back this weekend. Unfortunately for them, they are put um, they're not going to play, not because of COVID relations in terms of at Wisconsin. Northwestern is dealing with some COVID issues now. 
Um, so that, uh, of course, has been postponed for this weekend. So disappointing. I know everyone at Bucky's fifth quarter was excited to see uh, this team back. You know, speaking with uh, Dana Redke last week. If you guys haven't listened to that, go check it out. Uh, you know, I was excited to, to be able to watch them bas- or uh, volleyball. It's always nice when they're on the Big Ten Network because you can watch it. Um, and unfortunately, they're gonna we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer um, with them going back on a, a weekend off because of. COVID issues at Northwestern. So definitely a bummer when the momentum was finally coming back for them to be back. I saw their we're back release, which unfortunately was a little bit short-lived just due to um, things they can't really control. So, Yeah, and then uh, the other big thing is men's hockey, uh, Big Ten tournaments going on um, later this weekend, early next week, and Badger's going to be dropping the puck against either Notre Dame or Penn State on Monday at 3.30, and then if they're able to get that win, moving into the championship game on Tuesday. So I think lots of good stuff coming here for for Wisconsin Athletics, and hopefully we can uh, cover it when we get to early next week. There you go. All right, guys, that wraps up our episode for this uh, Friday morning. We'll have it. We, of course, have it out so you guys can listen to it well before the Badger basketball game tips off right around 8 o'clock Central Time on Big Big Ten Network. So make sure you check that out. Thank you guys, as always, for listening on Wisconsin. Thank you.